There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. SpongeBob SquarePants just opened at Toby's Dinner Theater in Columbia, Maryland, and of course, the Tony Awards were last night. So it's the perfect time to bring back my chat with DC native Ethan Slater, who earned a Tony nomination as the original SpongeBob on Broadway in 2018. We are here with... Ethan Slater. Who is now a hometown hero <laughs> because you are <laughs> you just got nominated for a freaking Tony Award uh, for as the lead role in SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. Congrats so much on the Tony nomination. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's really like really surreal. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You probably wait your whole life and you work towards it on so many different stages and and uh, what's it feel like to finally uh, be able to slap that uh, accolade on your, from now on your name's going to have that. I know. I it's um, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I feel pretty, pretty amazing about it. It's like to be a part of the legacy of the Tony Awards, which is something that I have watched every year since I was a kid. Um, and you know, I, I've been, you know, such a fan of, you know, not just of the night, but of all of the performers who are involved with it. To be a part of that is, is, it's amazing. Um, and uh, I, I have to say though, it feels pretty pretty amazing to have our show be nominated so highly um you know we got we got 12 tony nominations uh which is um, which is incredible and it's really awesome to see like all of these people that i've been working with for so long who are working so hard at the top of their game and and have put so much love and energy into the show uh you know being recognized with these nominations sort of from top to bottom it's, uh, yeah. it's a special thing to be a part of. Absolutely. Uh, SpongeBob this year lead, it leads the nominations um, with alongside, I think it tied Mean Girls for the most with, yeah, I think you said I think 12. That's right. Yeah. That's a big honor right there, especially if you guys could take the top prize. That would be really cool. Um, yep. But uh, in terms of, um, in, in terms of when you're sitting there on, on Tony night. Um, yeah. I mean, I know um, you're going to be in the in the lead actor for a musical category, but on the on the play side, you're going to be you're sharing a room with Denzel Washington and Mark Rylance and Andrew Garfield. What's it going to be like to sitting next to all these uh, legendary, iconic actors, and you're right there uh, nominated alongside them? Uh, I'm I'm going to do my best not to be starstruck. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, it, it's like it's so it's going to be wild. Um, but it's going to be fun to like sort of celebrate the community. I I, I don't know what I'm going to do being you know being so near Denzel Washington. Like that's <laughs> that's uh I don't know. 
That's so crazy. Um, yeah. Now, I but I, I do I will say I do love that every time I I mention uh, you know how awesome is it going to be individually, you always pivot it to the show. I love it that you're a, you're a, you're a humble <laughs> dude. I love it. No, it's true. It's a, it's a collaborative effort. So speaking of which, yeah. speaking of which, yeah. our, if if our um if our listeners um obviously everybody knows SpongeBob from the show, but if they if they're not familiar with the musical, maybe they haven't gone up to Broadway to see it yet. Explain the story of of what you know the the plot of the musical. Yeah, uh, so the the basic story um, is that there's a volcano that is about to erupt in Bikini Bottom, <laughs> which is where SpongeBob and, and all of his neighbors live. And um, In a pineapple the town, under the sea. <laughs> in a pineapple, exactly, yeah, next to his starfish friend who lives under a rock. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and they have to figure out how to stop the volcano uh, before it destroys the town. Um, but they also have to figure out how to save the town from itself when the fear of the impending apocalypse uh, starts to change the way everybody acts towards each other. Um, so it's really a story about, uh, about community and, um, and, and uh, how they react in the face of fear. Um, and if you don't know anything about the musical, one of the really cool things about it is that the score was written by like this array of different stars um, uh, of the music world. Um, they wrote original songs for the show. So there's an original song by John Legend and by Cyndi Lauper and by Aerosmith, um, you know, Plain White Tees, Panic at the Disco. The list just goes on and on. David um, Bowie? <laughs> David Bowie. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's an unbelievable score. Um, and it's weaved together in a way to uh, that, that it actually works as, as a, you know, as a single unit. You know, there's um, Tom Kitt who wrote next to normal and uh and did the you know he he also did the music supervising for american idiot if if anyone saw that yeah. um he took the score and he weaved it together to make a really cohesive unit while still like keeping the flavors of each of the individual songs so it's a, it's a really unique and um and new type of score do you have a favorite song that you get to do night in and night out oh it really it really changes i mean there's so many really good ones that i get to sing um I would say, like, I think one of my favorites is the John Legend song, I Guess I Miss You. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really beautiful. It's, and I get to sing this duet, this longing duet with, with my real-life best friend, Danny Skinner, who plays Patrick. Um, and uh, it, it's a really special moment every night. That's awesome. Now, um, now you are, I believe, twenty five, about to turn twenty six. Um, yeah. So, did you did you grow and and you obviously you grew up in in DC. Did you grow yeah. up, Did you grow up watching SpongeBob or like little or is it more like your little siblings watching it? Yeah, no, I mean, it came out when I was when I was like six or seven. Oh, perfect. Um, so it was like a perfect perfect age for me. I didn't really watch a lot of it at home, um, but I would I would watch it at friends' houses, you know, after school. Um, but it was, you know, so it was like it was definitely like a big part of my childhood. Um, but I didn't watch a ton of it in my in my actual home. We didn't really watch TV that much. It's got to be crazy if you could go back. If you could go back and sit next to your you know seven year old self and on the couch at your friend's house uh, and, and point at the TV and say, you know, you're gonna play that crazy squared pants <laughs> animated under the sea sponge character. What, what would you? What would your? What would your seven year old self say back to you? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Uh, it, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like a real thing, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, sort of like everyone, I, I when I re uh, like really first off the bat heard that there was going to be a show 
um, created by about SpongeBob. Um, I was skeptical, you know, like I, I, I got the, the audition when I was, you know, like a sophomore in college and, um, for about 12 hours, I was like, Oh, well, this is like a crazy idea. Um, and then, you know, the reason I say for only 12 hours is because then I went into the, into the audition room with the director, Tina Landau, and she is just totally visionary. And like, um, you know, from the get go, it was, it was this really important thing to her that it wasn't an arena show that we, I'm not wearing like a big square foam costume, um, which is sort of the first thing that people tend to think is that I'm, that I'm square. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm just wearing a, a button down shirt and pants. Um, and that was very clear from the get go for her that, that this was, uh, these were the human representations of these characters and like figuring out a way to like really get in there in an innovative way. Um, and, uh, you know, her vision has sort of led the way every step, um, every step of this process. That's so I a, totally bought in quickly. That's awesome that you, uh, to steal a Seinfeld phrase, that you were sponge worthy. So <laughs> are we, uh, all right, so tell me more about growing up in D.C. Uh, what schools did you attend and how did you get into theater and performing arts? Yeah, um, I went to the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School until eighth grade um, when I switched to Georgetown Day School which is um, in Tenleytown. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I like did school plays here and there throughout elementary school. Um, you know, I think that I, I did the Music Man in fifth grade, you know, like li- little things here and there just because it was like an extracurricular activity that I really loved. Right. Um, and then in high school, uh, I, I sort of was got more and more into it with each passing year. Um, and... You know, I started taking voice lessons at the Levine School of Music and um, and sort of, you know, invested a little bit more in this as as more than an extracurricular activity. Um, but it was at GDS that I really feel like I learned a lot about myself as a theater maker uh, because, because we... we had an amazing department you know we had an amazing theater department where they they trusted the students to take on more than they thought they could (laughs) and uh and so we were we were you know led by these ambitious projects where the students were designing the shows and building the shows themselves and um you know we did the producers my junior year and it's like still one of the best shows i've ever done um (laughs) so it's it was that was a it was really formative um my GDS theater education. In addition to your actual formal schooling and theater arts classes and things like that, how about just at home on the home front? Were your parents really encouraging of you to do musical theater? Did you put on plays in the living room or, you know, what, <laughs> tell me about that end of it. Yeah, they were definitely encouraging. I mean, when I was doing the music man in fifth grade, um, I don't remember this specifically, but I, apparently I, I did performances every night to make sure that I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, everyone was always incredibly supportive. Um, I don't think it was something that they really thought would be a career for me. Um, but as soon as I, you know, started getting jobs and, and um, you know, pursuing it professionally, they, they, they continued to be incredibly supportive, and they still are. Um, yeah, I, but I, I also, like, you know, I went to theater camps. I went to, like, the Shakespeare Theater Camp uh, and, uh, and Roundhouse. You know, I, there, was, there was a lot... Um, of support that I got from my family. Nice. 
So then, so after Vassar College in up in what Poughkeepsie? Yeah, um, Poughkeepsie. Yeah. How do you take me? How did you? How do you transition actually to New York, New York City proper to Broadway? And what all? What other sort of like early shows did you do early in your Broadway days? Um, or off, I, or off Broadway even? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is my Broadway debut. This awesome. is my first Broadway show, which is pretty awesome. And I started working on it when I was in college. Still, I was I was a sophomore at Vassar, and I was. Um, you know, I, I, this was like my first summer job um, in New York, uh, was doing a workshop of, of SpongeBob. Oh, wow. And so I would go back and forth from Poughkeepsie for workshops and for reading. Um, but while I was there, I, you know, I, I did, I've done a, um, mostly plays. I mean, I, I, I really uh, haven't done, I guess I have done a, a lot of musicals, but I've done a lot of plays also in New York um, with One Yearly Theater Company. We did... Uh, a show called Please Excuse My Dear Aunt Sally at 59 59th Street. Um, <laughs> while I was still in school, I did a show called What We Know um, off-Broadway. And, uh, yeah, I've d- done a, a number of off-Broadway things. Um, but it all sort of started while I was up at Vassar and coming back and forth. Um, I, I, it, was, it was a good place to be because it was far enough away from the city that I wasn't yeah. really here. But uh, I could take Metro North train down and uh, be here in an hour and a half. Do you remember how you heard about it? I mean, so you're the sophomore up at Vassar College, but do you see like yeah. a flyer, or do you see it online, or how'd you hear about oh, the audition? Ma- no, it's it's truly it's truly like the the right place, right time kind of story. I, I had applied for a summer job um, working at the theater company in Connecticut um, that happened to be in the town that one of my good friends lived in. And, and I thought we could hang out all summer. <laughs> so I, I, I applied for this summer job and, you know, you had to audition for the apprenticeship. Um, and they liked my audition, had me come in for their main stage show. And uh, the casting director cast me as Benvolio in Romeo and Juliet, uh-huh. which was awesome. This was going to be like my first professional gig. Right. Um, and then a week later, that same casting director called me and said, hey, we actually have this other project. Uh, it's called the Untitled Tina Landau Project, and I think you might be the right shape for it. Um, so, so they, <laughs> the right like, shape. You know, yeah. <laughs> they say, you look, you look a little square. <laughs> you're a little square, yeah. Square. <laughs> it's hip to be square. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so they, they um, called me in. You know, I was I, like a total fresh face. They really took a chance on me. And... Um, Fortunately, I, I got cast after, uh, you know, one callback, and, and I've been brought along ever since. That's so great. Do you know, um, do you know how much longer you're going to play the role, or is there any, I guess, is there anything else on the horizon, or are you just focused on this for now? Um, I'm, I'm sort of focusing on this for now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm at least here for a little while, um, hopefully as long as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, I'm working on uh, some things that I'm writing. Writing is a really good show activity because you know i do the show eight shows a week but then during the day i can be quiet and sit at my computer and write yeah so i've got a couple of um projects uh in the pipeline a musical that i'm workshopping a couple of um a couple of screenplays hoping that you know that's something that would be sort of next on the horizon as well that's awesome but, but for now I'm, I'm i'm here uh and happy to be Absolutely. Well, we encourage everyone. I mean, DC is not, it's not that long. You can get up there, drive it in like four hours or train it and even less. Fly oh, man. Everyone I mean, come up and buses. see it. It's so easy. Hey. I used to do that trip, you know, 
20 times a year. Yeah, exactly. Tell, tell, so, yeah, just before we hop off here, tell our, our listeners here who might have, you know, families, might have young kids that would love SpongeBob or even older people that grew up with it, like, you know, you and I that would love to see it too. Uh, yeah. Explain why it's, why it's no excuse and why they should come on up to New York and see it. <laughs> uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is, a, is actually like nothing else you've ever seen on Broadway. Um, and the only place you can see it is up in New York on Broadway. So you should jump on a bus or on a train or drive up here, whether you have young kids or, you know, you just want a weekend away. This is, it's a show that's like really great for everyone. And um, I'm not saying that because it's like a kid's show that parents will be okay with. It's like really a show for everyone. We have so many adults who come to the stage door who, who say they've never seen the cartoon, they did not come with kids, and they absolutely adored it. And I think it's because it's a thoroughly unique experience, and it's a show with a lot of heart. Um, so it is worth your trip, and while you're here, you can grab a great slice of pizza. <laughs> exactly. Well, if you'll indulge me, uh, Mr. SpongeBob in character, are you ready for the Tonys? Oh, I'm ready for the Tonys. That's about as much as I can do before I've warmed up for the day. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, you rock. Congrats. We love we love seeing uh, local local people go on and, and do big things. So we're going to all be pulling for you, and good luck uh, at the Tonys, sir. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Have a good one. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.